Bench Racing Radio. Bench Racing Radio. The podcast with your hosts, Eric Gio and Anthony Leake. How's it going today, Anthony? Well, if I was any better, I'd have to take something for it. <laughs> How about you? That's, that's, a, that's a new one for me. I haven't heard that one. You haven't um, heard that one? Oh, it's no. a common one for me. I got a few up my sleeve I might have to use for the next few intros. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. I like the, uh, if it was any better, I'd be you. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> who? <laughs> what? This is weird. <laughs> It's just like who am I talking to right yeah, now? Yeah, what's no. going on here? Yeah, do you yeah. do you like me? Do you want my life or do you not? Like I don't get it. Where are we here? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> did you catch any racing on the weekend? I caught a little bit here or there. Uh, some Facebook Live stuff from uh, was it the Wild West Shootout? We're talking before we started recording. I don't know which track's doing what, but I, I yeah, assume that's the, what that was. Wild West Shootouts at uh, Vado in uh, New Mexico. Okay. Yeah, so I watched some street stock heat rate. That's a big racetrack. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, she's a big dog. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I'm just like, are you sure this is the track? Oh, wow, this is, yeah, it's massive. And then um, I watched uh, the Race of Champions there for um, for the Chili Bowl thing yesterday as well, yesterday being the Monday. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was that was pretty good watching uh Carl Larson just throw a bunch of slide jobs corner after corner in the last five to eight laps. So it was exciting. Yeah, no, he was uh he was trying he was throwing absolutely everything he had at it, probably too much. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, if he would have it was almost like he was trying to throw him from too far back. If he would have taken a lap to line it up, it probably would have went. But uh but uh Justin Grant um he was just he was awesome he was super quick and didn't ever Mm. hesitate because when you know he was at that point where if he would have taken his foot out of it for a second then larson would have just fed him a right rear and it wouldn't ended well but just kept his foot in it and larson was just leaving enough room for him and uh and uh it was it was awesome so uh excited to see how that plays out here for the rest of the week i'd say that uh i'd call grant to to be a a dark horse here for the rest of the week Mm mm-hmm to be mm-hmm. a guy who could win it all he was quick so that was yeah that was it's a good one. It, it's a, it was a really well-run program in the race that i watch and of course you know i i have lots of people who've been messaging me and saying are you watching are you watching it and and i watch clips here or there i just you know i've never i'm not a big watcher of racing on tv in general i'm i'm very much not that i don't enjoy it but um i yeah i'm just i guess i've been just a track promoter for too long you know, like mm-hmm. for me, it's just, I was talking actually to a, a friend of mine down in Minnesota and, and she was talking about traveling and going places and wanted to go somewhere warm. And I said, ah, I don't really travel. And, and, uh, I said in the summer, you know, don't get much opportunity to go to other play, other tracks and all that. And I said, the life of a track promoter. And of course she and her family operates Madison Speedway in Minnesota. And, and she's just like, I hear you. You're, you're preaching to the choir here when it comes to you know, especially during race season, be able to go to places because you got a track to to run, right? So, mm-hmm. I guess for me, in the end, like <clears throat> I should probably during the during the off season maybe watch more and put some more time into it. But I'm just in such a shutdown mode from how busy the summer can be, especially spring and fall. Oh, totally. You know, I, uh, it, it'd be good. You can always learn. Uh, you know, going out to a new track and, mm-hmm. and talking to that promoter and talking to that track prep guy and all that kind of stuff. But I totally understand the people who say, listen, when you go home 
from your job, you know, swinging a hammer, you don't go and, well, actually, it's probably a terrible example because a lot of those guys do cash jobs on the side, but, uh, you know, <laughs> other people who go home from their jobs who don't go and study more of their jobs and watch more of it, it's like, no, when I go home I, or when, during the off season or whatever, it's time for me to just, you know, it's it's self-care to just get some distance yeah. from it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've always found like going to like the Wissota meetings, for example, which I haven't been to for two years now, which is really a real bummer. But, um, you know, you get to see all the different promoters, you know, 40 up to 40 different tracks being there and you get to talk to especially some of the bigger tracks and what they did differently. And sometimes they do presentations and whatnot. So there is opportunity to be able to do that. Um but yeah, I just, it, it's kind of weird that, uh, I, I kind of really start getting the itch again come February. So I will start watching a lot of stuff. And I think I've mentioned in our intros before that, um, I do watch a lot more pay-per-view in the spring, like, because we don't race until July so far in Kenora. And, and of course with, with, uh, COVID, sorry, I said the word, um, uh, you know, <laughs> we've been starting later. Uh, I gotta go, <laughs> I gotta climb up the ladder and reset the sign. Zero days <laughs> since we talked about COVID. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, um, uh, you know, there was an opportunity to watch Cedar Lake this past spring um, in because they started like on time, like April 6th or something or 8th. And we watched Ogilvy and we watched uh, uh, Princeton and other racetracks. So that's something I've done mm. a lot more of in the spring and, and really get the opportunity to watch these tracks, which I never had a chance to really before, right? Because pay-per-view is relatively recent at a lot of these smaller tracks so mm -hmm. um and i really appreciate all the companies i know dirt race central is one of the big ones that uh, that does the broadcasting stateside um in the, at these tracks that i've heard about and talked to the track promoters and all that but uh um, don't get to see most of the racing so i definitely try to support them before we start getting busy here but yeah it's uh yeah it's, good oh, it's, stuff. it's an exciting time of year though i mean everybody's got their schedules out now i actually uh, i took home one of those big ass wall calendar things from work nice with, uh, you know all the months all laid out all in the same big sheet and i took all the sprint schedules and i put them all together and i'm starting to starting to plan out what i'm going to be doing here so mm. i'll be ready to put something out there that i'm going to try to commit to i mean it's it's always tough but uh make a plan and and plan out the summer a little bit and mm -hmm. see where i'm gonna go and yeah and i saw yeah, you posted I'm, that on your facebook there about uh, putting a schedule together yeah yeah it's uh there's a, there's a lot of races to go hit. I just got to, my, uh, you know, my eyes are a little bit bigger than my, my wallet's appetite are going to be <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, yeah, when it comes time to it, it's not cheap to hit the road, but it's always no. fun. So no, that's yeah, sure. but, uh, caught a bit of action this weekend too, from, uh, from Vado Speedway there down in uh, nice. New Mexico. Um, Saturday night's feature was ridiculous. There was already people saying that, Brandon Shepard's win in that one was like race of the year, like early contender to be a race of the year. Wow. Uh, it was just nuts. Just throwing sliders back and forth for the lead. And, and he, uh, he just held her off there at the end. So it was, that was a really good one. Uh, and then he got, got the job done again on Sunday. So at uh, the wild west shootout, there's always a big bonus put on. I think usually it's Kaiser manufacturing that puts it on okay. where if you sweep all of the late model features, uh, I think it's an extra three hundred thousand this year. No. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. it is. And it's uh, Penske Racing Shocks this year. Hey, Roger Penske, good guy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, three hundred thousand dollar jackpot if you win all six features. So uh, I mean, he's he's two for six so far. So we're gonna see. But third uh, of the way there. 
Yeah, but uh, our guest tonight, actually, uh, he's going to be doing his best to, to derail those plans. Um, yeah, we got uh, Ricky Weiss on here, the Manitoba Missile. Um, he had he had an interesting uh, or he had a you know tough couple first first night out. Uh, you know the first night was uh, so so he was fifth. Second night he had a flat and he drove it back up to seventh. So he's got some speed in it, but he just hasn't quite been able to show it yet. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the week shakes out for him here. Get try and get the season started off on the right foot. Yeah, wish him the best of luck for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a great interview with him here. Uh, mm-hmm. His uh, dogs were running around the whole interview, so there's a little <laughs> bit of noise there, but it's not too, too bad. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Let's do it. All right. For our next guest on Bench Racing Radio, super excited for this one. This guy's the five-time Wissota Late Model Champion, 2019 World of Outlaws Rookie of the Year, it is the Manitoba Missile himself, Ricky Weiss. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you guys? We are doing all right. Yeah, we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, not quite as good as you, but uh, we're hanging in there. <laughs> had uh, had quite the year here in uh, the last couple of years, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, definitely been busy. It's been uh, one heck of a few years that. Uh, you know, right in the middle there, that whole COVID deal hit, and we kind of came home for a couple of months and uh, thought it, you know, that would be a one-year deal and things would get back to normal. But uh, I think everybody's just kind of adjusting and trying to figure out how how to, you know, do this whole racing deal while all the pandemic's going on. So it's been crazy. Yeah, I know crazy is a, a very gentle way of putting it for sure, but uh no, you've been managing, so it's uh, it's good to see. But we'll we'll get a little bit more into you know your current uh, career and where that stuff's at uh, in a little bit. Start off like we always do. We'll go back to the start. Tell uh, tell everybody about the very first memory you have of uh, of being at the racetrack. Um, honestly, probably the very first memory would be um, under the grandstand picking pop cans and beer cans, you know, uh, gathering them up and cleaning up. And, uh, we were just kids, you know, it was hard to keep our attention, you know, span, um, very long and, you know, in between caution flags or intermission or whatever, if they weren't throwing candy, we had to find something to do. So, uh, no, it, it definitely kept us busy. And, you know, as, as I grew up, it was kind of getting the hands dirty and getting the pit area and do a little more work. So, yeah, for sure. So yeah, your 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 parents owned the uh, Victory Lane Speedway here up in Winnipeg at uh, at that point, I imagine. Then your dad was racing until he uh, he kind of started phasing his racing career out and, and got you and your brother into the seat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, actually, before dad owned it, um, him and Mike were and Tim were racing. You know, back in the day, and um, then you know, just all the circumstances happened he ended up owning the track and um just tried to make it better for everybody and uh yeah then my brother you know all, all three of us were racing at one one time and it was obviously just you know too much too much you know for us few guys to kind of handle and finally dad stepped away and my brother and i were doing it and then um slowly eventually my brother stepped away and it was kind of you know wide open from there yeah yeah 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, getting, what was that like when you were first starting out getting, uh, getting in the driver's seat? Like, did you have to kind of fight for that seat time or was it pretty, uh, you know, did you, was it pretty open opportunity or? Um, it, it was quite, uh, nerve wracking to begin with there. Um, my brother definitely, he drove the truck, um, for the first little bit and it was tough because I mean, he won, he won about every time he got in it. So it's kind of, you know. I've always wanted to race and do as much as I could and help out as where I could. And, um, you know, so I'd, I'd pack the track and, you know, maybe do some hot laps here and there and then he'd race and, um, you know, cheaters night, we'd go get out there and, you know, race a little bit more. And then that slowly turned into going to Hallock and Greenbush and doing the U S races. And, you know, eventually, um, he just decided he didn't want to do it anymore. So, then we did it full time and that just progressed from, you know, going from a truck to modified to late model. And mm -hmm. then you one blink of the eye and here <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It's, uh, it's all happened fast. So, so yeah, you, you moved up, uh, moved up the ladder. If I remember right, you, you kind of started in late models a little bit and then started going with the modified and we're kind of dabbling in both of those. Yep. Yep. We did. Uh, we ran the truck um, and then, opportunity came up where uh, Turk ended up getting getting injured and um, was looking for a driver and we ended up running his car in, a, in the NLRA portion of it down south and so ran with him for quite a while um, and then we ended up selling the super truck and getting it modified so we could run locally because back then they didn't have mo our late models at our home track so then we we're running modifieds in Winnipeg and you know, late mall down south and ended up buying that car from Turk and did that for a little bit. And then finally the Red River Cup Speedway came and decided they wanted to run late models. So we didn't need to modify it anymore. Right, right. But running the modified and the late model, I, I've, I've heard you say that that was good for your development. Yeah, that was, that's definitely good. I mean, to have that, that kind of horsepower, that little tire, I mean, that, that definitely definitely helps i mean you, you you still hear today um people that get out of a modified and get into a late mall you know look at look at hoffman i mean it, it just that helps your you know your right foot and the steering is better in a late mall i feel and uh if you can make it work in a modified it's just easier in a late mall so right um not to say the late mall racing is easy there's nothing easy about it but um it just it's just one more step up and it, it helps coming from something that, you know, you struggle with traction, you struggle with turning, you struggle with stopping. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like if you're not close to perfection in a modified, you're pretty bad. You yeah, know, like yeah, you've got to sure. be working hard to keep that thing on the nose and doing all the things that it was never meant to do. So, yeah, exactly. it, it helps you be more precise. Yeah, that's cool. So, so yeah, rolling into, uh, you know, once you, you ran that for a little bit or ran both and then started focusing heavily on the late models that uh and just a pretty steady progression right from there yeah we just kind of tried to set realistic goals i've been always been you know kind of a realistic person on you know one of my first goals were to not get lapped you know and then did that a few nights in a row and then it was let's try to pass a car you know or let's try to get in the top 15 top 10 top five and i mean i didn't go out there you know setting unrealistic goal saying I want to win tonight you know I'm gonna I'm gonna you know just go whoop those guys and you know that's just not 
not what this sport's all about. I mean, it takes a lot of passion and a lot of races are really one in the garage here. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people in the stands know that and a lot don't, you know, they, people still think that money can buy speed and, and it can, but it can't buy it all. You know, yeah. I mean, you might be able to buy 40% of the speed, but if you can't hold the steering wheel, you're, you're going to get a lap. So, um, yeah, we just kind of set realistic goals and, and took baby steps along the years and, um, had a lot of top fives, a lot of top tens and, uh, huge, huge thanks to, you know, Turk for getting me into it. And, um, I, I still remember, you know, having the Kubi cooker on the headers and, and crazy stories like that. And, you know, having some rums after the races and him saying, do you know who those guys were you're passing? And, and honestly, between, you know, you and I, that I didn't at the time, I, I mean, we only got to see late models maybe once, maybe two times in Winnipeg a year. And, um, so I didn't really know. I knew a couple people, you know, and so I, when I, when I did get racing with them, heck, I mean, I think there was, uh, four or five of the Northern Otter auto cars out there. They all looked the same to me with a different number on them. So, but shortly that changed, you know, we started running with them a lot and, um, gaining their respect. And once you gain their respect, you run door to door with them and then eventually the wins came. Yeah. So I got to go back. The Kubi cooker. <laughs> you have to explain that. <laughs> so the Kubi cooker, obviously Turk is Ukrainian. Right. And, uh, every time we go over to his race shop, it, you know, it always smelled, it didn't smell like, like race fuel or anything like that. It smelled like food. There was pierogies, there was kubasa, there was, you know, always something good cooking. And, um, he, he definitely, it was, he definitely made, you gotta eat. The guy's gotta eat. And, uh, it, it, it wasn't my first night. It was probably about my 10th night. He said, okay, you know, you, it's time that you can strap on this Kubi cooker. And it was literally the small metal bin that um, he put on the headers with a hose clamp and he put sausages in it and stuff. And so it was literally cooking throughout the race. And, and I still remember the first time he put it on, it ended up falling off. And uh, we're at Greenbush, Minnesota. And, you know, it th I don't, I think it fell off and turned three and four and, he was all disappointed after the race, you know, how could you lose that thing? And I mean, it's nothing I, I could do or change, but, um, it was if about, it's your fault. Yeah. But, uh, it was about 45 minutes later, the tow truck guys came and they said, this has got to be Dave's Kubi cooker. And if you want to see someone go and turn that frown upside down, I mean, he, he went from zero to, to happy right now, but, uh, no, I'm sure he still remembers that. And it was, uh, those are just the crazy fun things, you know, you, you hear and see as your career goes on. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of legendary stories about that guy. Oh yeah. I think I need to get him on here someday, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, it's great. I mean, working with a guy like that, that you get along with and, and, uh, and, you know, it just helps you push to that next level. That's, that's pretty fantastic. So, yeah, I guess when you, uh, you, you know, you, you go from being a, you know, local contender to becoming a, a national Minnesota contender over those years and, and start contending for those national championships, you know, of the five of them, which of those is your, your favorite or is the one that has the strongest memories for you? You know, obviously the first one is special. Um, 
but the whole way the points are structured, um, we ran a lot more races than I, I think we ended up beating Wild Dung that first year by, you know, just a couple points. And uh, he had probably half the shows I had. So, you know, as far as who deserved it more, he probably deserved it. We went out, ran a lot more, um, which I'll never, I'll never regret that because I think that's what, you know, really turned my career around. You, you know, you run four or five times a week, you're going to get better. You're always going to mm-hmm. get better. And uh, I had the opportunity, Harold, Harold Peters decided that uh, we're going to go out and do this. And he drove me around to a lot of these races. And, you know, I think Fargo was running on Wednesdays and we'd come back and run Winnipeg Thursday and Fergus Friday and Alex Saturday and Proctor Sunday. And, you know, and then you got Monday, Tuesday to prepare for something else. And, you know, that, that was, that was quite hectic, but uh, yeah, I think we learned a lot from it, but, as far as being, you know, one to remember, I would have to say my last one, the fifth one there, because we never set out to go do it. Um, about halfway through, it was an option. We only had about 20 shows in, but I uh, I had a lot of open shows that I wanted to go run. And um, so we kind of were playing both, both roles there and trying to get, you know, up to 30 shows, because if we did 30, we had a good shot at winning the, you know, the title and um, ended up in Grand Forks. I think we won the heat race. We're supposed to start on the pole or outside pole of the feature and the tornado warning ended up coming and they canceled that race or postponed that race till the next weekend for the John Sites Memorial. The same time we were scheduled to be in Eldora. So that was going to be our 30th show had we done all the other specials, including that one. So we kind of said, you know, I said it from the start, we're going to Eldora. I've always liked Eldora. And um, we ended up going there and actually, you know, everything happens for a reason and just not sure why, but we ended up uh, not, not clear in tech in the, in the lineup. So um, something as simple as, you know, two down tubes in the car being, an eighth of an inch to over overall, not big enough. They're supposed to be an inch and a half. And I think we're inch and three eighths. So a hmm. um, couple more coats of paint probably would have passed tech. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was one of those deals that uh, I think they were out to get someone else and ended up, you know, biting us. But uh, so, you know, we didn't hang our heads low or, or didn't do anything. Um, fortunate enough, again, we were in the right place at the right time that, um, Sean Gage, my crew chief at the time, we looked at each other and we said, you know, we are in the only spot in this pit area that we can get out of here. You know, anywhere else we wouldn't be able to get out of the pit area. They cram you so tight in there. Right. But we were able to get out, but they had just watered the racetrack. So we ended up switching the two cars around, putting the supercar up front and putting the Wissota car in the back and uh, looked on the GPS. It was about 18-hour ride. We figured we were going to miss the Thursday portion of the site's memorial, but we we're going to make, you know, the Friday, Saturday race. And uh, so loaded up. My mom and dad had their motor home there and everything. Loaded it up, got out of the pit area, and uh, never slept. Sean and I drove, you know, the entire way. And Thursday night ended up actually raining out. So we got there Friday at about noon. 
and it was a soup hole. Like there was water standing everywhere. So we ended up pitting in the grass by the go-kart track. And, uh, you know, someone started pounded on the door about an hour later, said, you're racing. I said, there's no way, like, there's no <laughs> yeah. way you can get through the pit area. And, uh, they weren't joking. So, I mean, we unloaded real quick and luckily, like I said, we were there the week before. So we were able to get in that makeup race and we ended up winning that. And, um, uh, we ended up winning the prelim night later on that evening and then ended up winning the site show the the day after so it was like three features in 24 hours and you know <laughs> that's just one of those sayings where um everything's meant everything happens for a reason and i guess you know some people would have just hung their heads and gave up but it wasn't wasn't in our blood to give up so that's awesome and that and that sealed the Minnesota championship for you too. That did. I mean, wow. uh, we had a couple more shows after that, and we ended up actually getting thirty-one shows, and um, we ended up, you know, winning winning by a good good bit there at the end. We we had a few more wins. I think Ashland, the Red Clay, after that, and um, Ogilvy, and you know, hmm. just just one of those years that, um, like we were just talking about Overton, you know. And then Davenport the year before, it just, you know, when everything's right, it just all falls into play. And, you know, you just got to remember those years as being on top of that roller coaster ride. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and to win the John Sides Memorial, like, you know, you got to race with John too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely always been one of my biggest races to win. I mean, people ask me, it's right up there, you know, with the North South, because it, it doesn't, didn't pay as much, but just, just to be in a memorial that you knew the guy and, you know, he was, he was kind of mentoring me along the way. And, um, when he passed, we ended up, you know, buying one of his cars and just a lot, learned a lot from John and, um, he was, he was a real good racer and definitely one to remember. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think that, uh, that leads us into our first uh, special segment here. Sure does. Um, Ricky, I got a question for you. Is your favorite song never going to give you up then? Is that, uh, is that how you race? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there, there was actually a time that, you know, we put on the spoiler, never say never. And um, that was long before it ever became, you know, uh, the Bieber song or whatever it is now. But, um, you know, it's just one of those deals that you just can't ever give up because you never know what's going to happen next. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to move into the misfire round. I don't know if you've listened to any of our previous podcast episodes. Hopefully Eric uh, set you up for it, but it's just a matter of one or the other. Can't pick both. Can't say neither, neither, nor um, just whatever comes top of the mind. However, follow-up questions may be asked by either one of the hosts. Uh, you ready to go? Yep. All right. Number one, Texas or Iowa? Iowa. Uh, number two, super trucker modified. Super truck. Number three, dry or tacky? Dry. Number four, CFL or NFL? Uh, That's tough. Uh, I mean, uh, I'd have to say CFL just because I'm Canadian. (laughs) All right. Number five, bar or pub? A pub. Number six, fast food or sit-down restaurant? Sit-down. Number seven, Sharpie or highlighter? Sharpie. Number eight, hard rock or country rock? Um, country rock. 
Number nine, live long and prosper, or may the force be with you. Uh, live long and prosper. And number 10, Caribbean vacation or European vacation? Caribbean vacation. All right, there you have it, the misfire round. Awesome. Nothing uh, nothing too egregious there that jumped out at me. <laughs> I don't have to grill you on any of them, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for that, though, Anthony. Hey, no problem. Right on. So, so you know, you go from, from being a local contender to being a national champ. You, you, you go through that whole progression. And then uh, you start kind of, you start going further south and, and flirting with the super late model stuff and, and running a little bit of Lucas stuff, a little bit of outlaw stuff here and there. You know, what, uh, what was the first step in, in making that jump and starting to, to look at getting on one of these tours? Well, the biggest thing was, you know, I, you're always as good as the guys you race with. So um, not taking nothing away from the Wasota crowd. I mean, I know there's some real stout competition all throughout, you know, Minnesota, North Dakota, um, Wisconsin area there. But um, we just wanted to, you know, expand and and do do something a little more. And um, we talked to our, our engine partner <coughs> at the time and um, talked to Vic, and he said, uh, what do we do from here? What, what you know, what's next? And he says, get down here. <laughs> he says, there's so much racing around my shop and in Tennessee here it's the next step. Like you got to get down here. So, um, talk to him a little bit and, you know, once we, uh, started working with him with our engines, it, uh, it was just, we decided, you know, we got the equipment, we got the, you know, the time, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, just up and, and leave and, um, went down there and that's where I met Sean actually. And, uh, Hadn't even met him before we showed up at the shop and, you know, our, our goal was to kind of build some cars along the way and, uh, you know, maybe make some money on the side and, and, you know, throw back at the race shop that we're in and, and just race more. And, uh, that's what we did. We, uh, we ran, heck, I can't remember how many shows that year, but, um, following Vic around, you know, it's always good to have somebody that knows even as as much as you know going to the track and and getting the gear information in or you know just just know the speeds the lap times you know is it gonna be fast tonight slow rough all that stuff helps and uh he helped me a lot you know progressing through my career there and um uh, i don't even i don't remember exactly what year that was but i know we had a couple years there where we decided that um that was it was helping us and um but we just didn't know whether we should jump on a national tour or you know what was our next step were we ready were you know again i've always set with my realistic goals i i didn't i didn't want to go and jump into a rookie of the year and you know not be a contender that that was i wanted to know i was ready and i, I didn't want to prematurely you know jump in and 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 not be able to do the whole tour or whatever it took. So uh, we ended up 2018 was kind of our year that we decided we're just going to pick and choose all these races. And um, we did quite well. And um, that's actually when we went to Florence, Kentucky there and ended up 
winning that race and then we kind of joked about it i think we're ready you know after that and uh yeah what are the crown jewels yeah i think we're ready. <laughs> yeah i mean never expected every every time we went to you know those crown jewels we just wanted to make the show we wanted to you know do 100 laps and and that was never thought it we'd ever you know win one that soon but um it it, it didn't come easy and they don't come cheap so you know, we're still we're still trying to get you know more under our belt and hang those plastic checks up on the wall. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know that that whole progression of, of you know learning how to how to run with the guys in that on that tour. Like that's that's got to be a whole thing in itself. Like, what was your first like you know welcome to the tour moment? Where like holy smokes. <laughs> well, the biggest thing is you know earning the respect of the guys you're racing with. I mean. I've seen it. I've been in position, you know, um, going back in time. I think when the outlaws came to Grand Forks one night, we ended up setting quick time, like long before I was even talked about or even know what I was doing. I think I was in sites as one of sites cars and in one of his engines. And, you know, they told me I was quick time and I laughed at him. I think Greer come by and he said, Hey, you're quick time overall. I said, there's no way. Like he <laughs> says, I'm telling you, you're on the pole the first heat. And I kid you not, I mean, they all looked at me like, who is this kid? And I was literally sitting in staging and they all looked at my tires and, and looked up at me and laughed. And I could hear them saying, you know, maybe he knows something that we don't, but I don't think so. And <laughs> back then I just thought softer was better. And, um, we fired off and I think I let off like I, I normally would back then into the corner. And I think coming out of turn two, I was in fifth, sixth or seventh. And <laughs> I mean, they roughed me up like, like you wouldn't believe. And I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, them not knowing you not respecting, not saying they're not, wasn't respecting me, but I was just a little, you haven't earned shot. their respect. Yet, right? right. Exactly. I mean, today, if you know, I was in their shoes, it'd be the same way. Why is this guy lifting? Yeah. idling in the corner i mean we're not we're racing now so um <laughs> you yeah. got soft tires on there go <laughs> yeah exactly i thought i thought it would have been good but uh no that that's the biggest thing i mean um even today you know when you go jump in the lucas series when i run the outlaws for so long you know a lot of them know who i am but some guys you know they don't know i race everybody the same way they race me if they're going to come in there and bang off my door, I'll bang off their door. If they're going to, you know, rub paint on mine, well, then, you know, I, I know yeah. I can go into that next corner and we can rub paint and not touch tires. So um, it, it's 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 pretty cool, and it, it's good to know, you know, everybody in the country, and I've raced about everyone that I know now, kind of how they race. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, and and just going back a quick step there, what was the what was the connection? How did you get hooked up with Vic Hill initially? Um, Vic, we really that was that was, actually would have went through Scott. Um, when I was racing Scott's cars back then, um, after Florida, I believe we uh, came back to Scott's to pick up some bumpers and parts, and um, asked him. Dad and I were there, and we asked him, "Hey, you got any motors for sale?" And he uh, pointed to the wall, and there was about five engines sitting there. And um, four of them were Fords, and one was a Chevy. He says, that's my favorite Chevy there. I said, well, why do you, like, why do you run Fords now? And he had, I don't exactly remember why he switched, 
you know, obviously with Roush Yates and all that and probably sponsorship, but um, he was keeping his favorite Chevy, he told me. And uh, he, he was in a position where, you know, he can only keep it for so long and he was comfortable with what he was in now. And he said, I'll let it go. And um, that's really when we earned a lot of respect from Scott because obviously we didn't have cash or we didn't have enough money to pay for that engine right there. And, and he said, take it and uh, wire me the money when you get home which obviously, you know, sending a motor across the country, yeah. whether he knew it or not, I, I don't know, but um, it, it wouldn't have been able to come back. And it definitely could have been, a, you know, one of those bad deals. But uh, no, Monday morning we sent him the money and um, just kind of built, a, started our relationship right there. And, and I, you know, he trusted me and I appreciated that a lot. And um, Vic was the, the first guy to build that engine for him. So. Um, I ran it, I think about 500 laps and, and called and asked for Vic and asked if he remembered this motor and he did and, um, sent it back to him. So. Nice. Nice. And so that, that ultimately ended up kind of getting you set up with, with Scott, you know, getting yeah. the race with Scott Bloomquist. He's a, just a total legend of the sport. Such a character, <laughs> you know, what, uh, you have any good stories uh, about getting the race with him and, and just being around the shop with him too. Just Yeah. Being around the shop. I mean, Scott's definitely, you know, one of a kind and um, he definitely took me in under his wing and um, raced with him for many years. You know, like I said, back in Arizona, when we had our best, you know, winter season there um, was literally racing around with his shocks. Mine weren't ready. And <laughs> um, he just said, you know, he was, he was in the shop. And uh, I know he was watching every night because he was sitting in that bed there injured. But, um, no, just got to know him real well and, you know, hang out with him throughout the years. And for him to open the shop doors to us, you know, still can't appreciate that enough. And, um, you know, I, I there's been some stuff going on the last few years, but uh, that's nothing between him or I. And, and I think we can, you know, build our relationship back up and fix that so yeah no that's great i mean just a just a total legend of the sport you yeah. know he's been around for for so long i can't imagine how many of those big plastic checks he's got on the wall well literally <laughs> i mean i called it my garage door which obviously was in his shop but the just the one garage door almost had a million dollars and it's just <laughs> this little 20 by 20 garage door and uh you know just his shop I, if I could have paid some little kid to go add up the checks in there, I, I guarantee you it'd be probably 30 million Wild. easily. Wild. That's great. So, so you, uh, you know, you get to, to, to go racing out of that shop and, uh, running the Lucas series and, and doing that kind of thing. Um, eventually you, uh, you decide to make the switch over to the world of outlaw series. So tell us about uh, about making that jump and, and how, how different was that? Or is it kind of not that big of a change or what, what was that like? Um, we really just looked at the schedule and looked at it. You know, they come north a little more and um, just wanted to be able to give back to our fans and, and be able to race closer to home. You know, um, that whole northern swing is is as big as it is, you know, to race in front of your home crowd, just knowing the track again. And, uh, we, we enjoyed that quite a bit. And, um, that basically, that was the reason we decided to go with them. 
and over over Lucas Oil, but um, now you know Lucas cut down a little bit of their races, and they're about even again. And um, it'd be a tough decision to had I do it all all over again. Yeah, for sure. So in your rookie year, in the uh, you know on the tour full time with the Outlaws, you, you pick up the rookie of the year title, which was uh, was pretty great to see. Was that a a pretty hard fought battle, or was it? Pretty clear, clear um, away win. Or uh, we it was obviously our, that was our goal set out, you know, to to do that, and um, we had more contentions to wins than we than we expected, really. And um, Cade ran real strong. He just, you know, running running for points is a totally different racing mindset than running for wins. Um, the wins come, there's no doubt about that, but there's just a time where you do a slide job that you might slide over his nose and win that race. Or you could be running for points to slide over and get stuffed in the wall and junk your race car. And they'll um, be on your back foot the next day. Exactly. And then you're chasing, you're chasing trying to fix that car and you only, you don't have a backup car and um, a lot of stuff like that can, can really quickly come. So, um, running the Wasota deal, we kind of knew, you know, about points racing quite a bit there. And I guess we learned a lot, you know, running that, even though they run, you know, 30 shows and, and th- take your best 30 and throw the rest away, which, uh, you know, I think the outlaws could probably do something like that. And a lot of drivers would appreciate that, you know, throw, you know, maybe 5% away or 2% or throw a night away that, because everybody has a bad night and, and it's hard to overcome that when, you know, it's in the back of your mind. But, um, yeah, that was our, that was our goal set out and it wasn't an easy one, but, uh, we are the highest finishing rookie until this year. Um, what's, um, Bruning there. He, mm-hmm. he ended up getting third too. So he ended up tying it. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a it was a fun rookie year. It was definitely one that taught us a lot, and um, we followed it up with being one spot better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And and you know that leads into that one is getting that first outlaw win. You know, was yeah. that that's got to be a little bit extra special than a Lucas win. You know. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it, it's just so tough to get that first one out of your way. You know. There were so many times where we took the lead, caution come out, or, you know, we were definitely coming on them and the race ended or, you know, had a flat tire leading Lernerville. Um, there's just so many that you, you wish you could get back, but um, I plan on doing this long enough to where I'll probably be running second, third, fourth, whatever, and end up winning when I didn't earn it. You know? um, it's just right now in my career, there's a lot more that I let slip away than, you know, earned that I, that I shouldn't have got, but, uh, hopefully that evens out, you know, throughout my career here. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, well, that leads us into our next segment here. We, uh, we call this one in the driver's seat. So ask you these questions are kind of open-ended. You can take as long or as short as you want to answer them. Um, First one is, uh, which driver do you like racing against the most? Well, you know, I, I earned a lot of respect with Earl this year. Earl Pearson, 
Um, I know he doesn't run the World of Outlaw Tour, but um, if anyone ever watched, you know, Knoxville this year, we, I wish it was for the win because, I mean, we, I've never run, I can't say I've never run, but it's been a while since I ran that hard door to door with somebody for about 10 to 15 laps and never touched. If we touched, we barely put paint on the other one. Huh. And, I mean, I, I gave him just enough room, and he gave me just enough room. And he did inch ahead of me, and I'd inch ahead of him. And after the race, I mean, I, we came and shook hands. And, you know, after that, I've always had a lot of respect for Earl, but um, that was right when he got into his new Longhorn there. And um, it was pretty cool. I mean, obviously, I was, I was pumped because I ended up, you know, inching ahead of him and getting that position. But um, it's just always so fun when can, you can race – you know, you're giving it all you got and you know, they're giving it all they got and you can run each other so clean. So mm -hmm. that, that's definitely one that, you know, I, I, I know you can line up against and, and not worry about going into the corner and he's going to take you out. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Number two, what went through your mind the first time you jumped into a car and started your very first race? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, definitely nervous. I mean, I've seen so many people jump in cars and go and just think, you know, I can drive a car in a gravel road wide open. I can go in a backfield and do this. You should see me on a four-wheeler. It's like, no, it's not. It's nothing like it. I mean, I, I felt the same thing cheaters night when I first got in the super truck. I thought I was going to spin out every time I turned the wheel. And then I watched the video. And you probably could have, you know, rode a bike quicker than I was. And <laughs> when I think I was spinning out, you know, it wasn't even sideways. It wasn't even kicked out. So it, it's just crazy how, you know, your body, your mind, your eyes, everything adapts to the speed. And there's nothing like spinning out for your first time. And that just means you're giving it your all. So, yeah. Okay. Number three, if you went three wide with one lap to go, which spot would you want to be in, inside, middle, or outside, and why? Um, honestly, I'd have to answer that question with a question on what kind of track <laughs> surface are we racing on. Um, if there if there's a strip on the top, you know, I I'd prefer to be on the top. If if there's nothing up there, if it was dead slick and you know dust up there, then obviously you'd want to be on the bottom and. Um, and it would depend on who's on the inside. I mean, if you got Tyler Herb on the inside you and you're in the middle, all you got to do is lift because he'll take out the guy on the outside. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there's, I mean, I hate to answer your question with the question, but. Uh, no, no, that's all right. <laughs> that would be my answer. <laughs> it was a good one. All right. Number four, what do you do in the car just before you drive out of the pit stall? Um... Just before I drive out, I probably put my sunglasses on, and um, I don't know. It's always been a habit of mine. Before I even fired up, I put it in gear. I don't know if that's, you know, going through with these transmissions. I know you know that you got to jam them in gear, and that drives me nuts here. You just don't like the noise. I don't like it, so I try to shift before I even fire it up. But uh, We had um, a mechanic. He was like. Why can't they put synchros in these yeah, things? I mean, it, it, Come on, man. That's way too expensive. It does not good, but uh, <laughs> that and probably uh, fist pump my crew. They yeah. always they always give me a fist pump before that. So, 
All right. Number five. We touched on this one a little bit before, but I'm going to ask you to pick the one that got away. Lernerville. Lernerville. That was Definitely 2018. Lernerville. That was uh, 2019, I believe. Um, that was going to be my first outlaw win, and we we had led. Um, that was not my first hundred lapper, but you know the one that we were just dominant that weekend, and um, there's about four or five to go and ended up um, cutting down the right rear. And, you know, again, your points racing. So obviously leading the race, everybody goes by, you try to go, you can't go and right. start wheeling and you come in and they're changing the tire. And literally, I mean, if, if I've never wanted to be in a race car, that was the last <laughs> five laps I ever wanted to race. Yeah. And um, just heartbroken. I mean, Nothing you can do about it, but uh, that was that was one of the big ones that definitely got away on me. Yeah, that one was heartbreaking to watch. I can't imagine what it felt like in yeah. the car. <laughs> yeah. All right, and number six, if you could sit down with either one or three people from any time in motorsport, past or present, who would it be and why? Oh, I have to say Dale Earnhardt is definitely one, you know, Um Everybody you talk to in the States, everybody knows him. Um, they all have stories about him. Even if they're not race fans, they know Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. You, know, you go in their shop and they got that three on there. I mean, he is the definition of a legendary racer. And, uh, you know, I would definitely like to, you know, sit down, spend a day or days with him. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough this year that we were able to go through one of his old shops and um, they, they actually build some parts on our race cars now, Earnhardt Technologies. So, oh, yeah. Um, pretty cool just to be a part, part of those guys and, and just, you know, keep his legacy going. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, that, uh, that that's it for the in the driver's seat portion. So thank you for that. So... Uh, 2021, you guys got to go back to Bristol and got to go race on the dirt there. That was uh, so cool getting to watch you run there and run so well up front, especially after remembering that I very specifically remember us playing World of Outlaws sprint cars on the PlayStation 2 in your hauler after the races one night, getting a race around on there. What was it like getting to go from, you know, playing that track on a video game to actually getting a rip around there and how crazy was it? It was honestly surreal. I mean, um, the first time we showed up there, I kid you not, we were not hundred percent ready. We were on Scott time <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we were thrashing because they only, they only open that gate. That gate is literally oh, works by a winch. And obviously, you know, winches aren't very fast. So it takes about 10, 15 minutes by the time that gate goes down. And you let cars across and then it closes again. So uh, at this time, no haulers were pitted in the inside. We went there and tested. And uh, we were thrashing, trying to get stuff done. And um, Sean and I just decided, you know, now's not the time to thrash. This is not the place to thrash. This <laughs> is, you know, this this is we're testing our equipment to go faster than it's ever gone. And G-Force is higher than they've ever been. Let's pull the pin and, and take 30 minutes, 
because we went and asked when are they going to open the gate again and they said about 30 minutes so we decided to to stay up there and get our car 100 percent and go through it um and i didn't even go down i didn't even go watch those guys rip around there and i don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because uh when you watch cars go around there you would not believe how fast they go and uh i told uh sean and dana i said you know i'm gonna go out there and i'm just gonna you know work in the brakes and make their make sure things are good but um we i did about half a lap of doing that and then i just went wide open <laughs> and uh literally i mean everybody talked about the cars won't turn they won't turn and our car literally turned so good at the time there wasn't even those dirtles at the bottom i turned so much that i went down across you know the apron of the track there and i come in and i said well we can be tighter like these guys can't turn we're we're good we we can be tighter and uh we we had an issue with the right rear it was we kept blistering the right rear and we had thought you know hoosier didn't know what their tires were going to do how they were going to hold up and um ended up our spring steel was rubbing on it because they were expanding so much like a drag tire and but there was like inches between the spring steel so you wouldn't have thought it mm -hmm. until about two tires later where we'd put a new one on a blister again put a new one on a blister again but we were fast so all we i mean we didn't change much but spoiler angle and um ended up um, boring a tire from blake spencer like a two-year-old 1600 and <laughs> fixed the spring steel at the time we had found okay that that could be the issue let's change that and went out there and we we're quick time overall you know in that test session and you know that was pretty cool just to first time late malls have been on the track and we were quick time so yeah uh, it's uh like quite the uh, quite the event so that one's back on the schedule this year yeah that's yep. definitely circled on the calendar it's, and it's big money this year too oh yeah yeah it's, i mean it's even bigger days. show than last year Four days, I think you can win up to three hundred grand. So, uh, yeah, well, it's definitely on the schedule, and uh, it's about three hours from the Tennessee house. So, we'll uh, that's that's one way. I hope we can, you know, win maybe one or obviously I want to go there and try to win them all. But uh, realistically, I think we got a good shot at that that points fund deal. So, again, as much as you want to win them all, you got to be smart and. Mm -hmm. Just finished top five in them all, so. Yeah. No, that's great. We'll definitely be watching that one. Um, uh, Yeah, so I guess you're, you know, last year was a pretty big change for you, though, uh, going from, you know, running with Bloomquist, running those uh, Bloomquist chassis, going to just trying to build your own cars. Uh, you know, tell us about, uh, about getting started with that, and was it as big of a challenge as you thought, or way more, or what was that like? Um, I don't think we could have picked a worse time to – you know, jump on, jump over with the whole COVID stuff hitting, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and the supply chain issues. You know, that was everything you. has just been tough to get, you know, with all the material and people, you know, shops closing and opening and can't get this and, you know, they can't get that. So by the time they do get it and they machine it and just everybody's, you know, months behind. And uh, JR and I decided that we were going to, you know, do this and we're both, both have the same attitude that you know if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it with our all and um started the year off you know with some cars that um 
you know, you just don't know what you got until you get out there and race them. And um, had I been able to do it all over again, um, what we learned at the end of the year, we could have, you know, turned that into the beginning of the year very, very easily with, you know, the things we learned throughout the year that, um, but it's tough when you're running a, a tour to, you know, have a weekend off to where you can go, you know, do that kind of stuff. And, um, that was just the hard part, you know, running the tour with something that was so new to us. And, um, it obviously there's times where we showed some speed, you know, Bristol and all that. And, uh, there was times where, you know, dead slick racetracks where we struggled, where we're normally good at. And, uh, near the end of the year, it was definitely a confidence booster to where we got better and um, we we're starting to get the top fives like we we used to and we we're you know that that definitely helped end our year um on a good note and i think next year we got something that we'll be right back there and contend for some wins and hopefully get some more paychecks yeah i mean just starting from a way better starting spot now you know you've got enough shows under your belt with the scars and you like what kind of changes were you making at that point like were you going to build a new car and changing some bars on it or were you just making some smaller chassis tweaks um well we definitely based it off of scott stuff to where when we first started and then we you know jr he's real smart with this stuff and um we got a real good real good kid weldon his name's cody weldner and um you know between us three we we just decided you know we need to change this we need to change that and change this and um, the changes definitely, definitely are for the better, but we just didn't know, you know, you change one bar on the card, it changes the rate of the, like I always call the frame a, a spring, mm-hmm. you know? So if, uh, I go throw a spring at you and say, put this on the right front and you don't even know what it is, how are you going to tune your, you know, your car around that? So that, that's just where we were at. You know, we had, we had a good, everything was, was correct other than we just didn't know what rate of spring that was in the middle, you know? So, um, now we do. And, and we showed it at the end of the year, you know, the tweaks that we had done in the past weren't what this car wanted. You know, we had to do some stuff different. We were, we were leaning in the right direction. We just weren't going far enough. And, um, like I said, we, we got it near the end of the year and I think it'll be, hopefully we can show some speed out in Votto and, and, uh, get some wins out there it'll be uh it'll be awesome to see and we'll be watching you up here man it's uh it's been super fun to watch that progression you know moving up from from starting out as a kid racing a super truck here to going all the way to the top it's uh it's been awesome and we're all pulling for you well, i appreciate that and uh yeah thanks for everybody listening to this and watching us you know doing what we love to do and hopefully we can make everybody proud definitely yeah. yeah, thanks for your time, buddy. It's been a slice. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I just want to thank uh, all my sponsors and supporters, you know, that I got so many people on my car that wouldn't be able to do any of this without them and um, got a real good crew. Now I got Josh and, you know, Dana's been working real hard and my mom and dad and everybody, um, JR, Cody back at the shop, Brando, everybody. Um, yeah, no, I think we got – we got something that we can take to the next level and uh, hopefully start knocking these top guys off the top. (laughs) We are here for it, man. (laughs) Right on. Cheers.
Thanks for listening to Bench Racing Radio. Like and follow our social media handles. Facebook at Bench Racing Radio. Twitter at Bench Racing Rat 1. Or Instagram at Bench Racing Radio.